Hello, everyone, and uh, welcome to the Grace, Peace, and Balance uh, radio show with Gabi Abdel Qadir. I hope you all have been staying safe and you're healthy and you're happy. And uh, today is episode 73, and I have an incredible young lady for you today. She is a treat, and I'm going to read you her bio. Her name is Michelle Oxton. She is an empowerment and transformational coach. She holds certifications as an intuitive life coach and is a certified meditation and mindfulness teacher. She works with her empath and like-minded people to empower them to break the patterns that have been holding them back to create an authentic life filled with purpose and meaning. Boy, I love that. Her mission is to spread the word that you are just one decision away from changing your life. She truly believes life isn't about being happy all the time, but about learning how to navigate the more challenging times a little easier. Oof, I'm getting emotional. Oh, okay. <laughs> After experiencing her, because challenges talk about it. After experiencing her own loss through the death of loved ones and a painful divorce, she decided to turn her pain into passion and helps people navigate life a little easier. Michelle is an executive contributor for Brains Magazine and is dedicated to serving her clients on a one-on-one -on -one -one -on -one basis. She facilitates the Souls Assignment Club, a weekly group for people who feel like they were called upon to do more with their life. She runs the Empath Support Group where she provides a safe place for empaths to find camaraderie so they can learn and share with each other. She owns Cloud9 Life Coaching in Northern California, where she lives with her husband, children, and fair babies. <laughs> Michelle, I can't wait to hear from you today. So welcome to my podcast. Thank you, Gabby. I love being here with you. You have such great energy, so it's oh, great. Thank we you. get to sit in it for a while. It'll be lovely. I I you got know. so emotional when you were talking. I know because I'm one of those people who've been through so many challenges in my life, and yet you never know because I'm always always like ready for a laugh. I'm always ready for a good time. I am always, and it takes a long time for me to open up to talk about them. So I have been, I have seen the good, the bad, the ugly, name it in my life. So uh, I don't know that particular uh sentence just just i felt it in my heart yeah yeah i could tell it really resonated with you. yeah seriously like anyway but yeah let's talk about you it's all about you today talk mm -hmm. to me about you growing up and about your life a little bit okay so i'm actually born and raised in northern california so i haven't really left <laughs> i stayed here i love it here um i was raised both catholic and jewish so i had a very religious upbringing um, that really didn't serve me well. I was very ostracized, ostracized? I can't say yeah, that word today. Ostracized, ostracized. <laughs> not rolling off my tongue today. Um, where I was shunned from the Catholic church because my parents were divorced. So I was told I was going to hell all the time. And then and on the Jewish side, I wasn't really accepted because my mom was raising me very Catholic. So. I felt very alone a lot of the time. And plus oh. I just didn't really subscribe to the everything that was going on in the church. Um, 
So I was lucky that, you know, at 16 in the Catholic religion, you are, you need to be confirmed where you, you know, devote yourself to the religion. Yeah. And thank God I had a mother who just said, you know, it's okay. Because I begged her, please don't make me have to get confirmed. And we went out and found this wonderful woman. Her name um, was Betty Bethards, and she was this mystic healer. And I went to one of her um, workshops, I think. And it was the first time I ever did a guided meditation, and it completely changed my life. So from 16 to 24, I studied intuitive practices and spirituality on a completely different realm. So I got to learn about all the different types of religion, which really broadened my horizon because I had been very, you know, I've been indoctrinated in a certain way. So I got to learn about all these different religions. It was such a beautiful time in my life, um, which really sort sort of shaped the foundation for becoming a coach. Yeah. And that's kind of my childhood. I've had a traumatic childhood though as well, so we probably can we can change we can exchange trauma stories. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, for so for me also my parents had different religions as well. My dad was Turkish, my mom was Ethiopian, so they're both uh, different religions, but I ended up following my mom because my parents were divorced at the age when I was about five and a half, so uh, my mom scooped me and my brother and went to Ethiopia and then she had me baptized and I grew up in a Catholic school at least for the first six years of my life and uh, but you know what coming from two different religions two different cultures I think it helped me become more open-minded mm-hmm. yes yeah. yeah but I think my mom was a very fanatic uh, orthodox and I think if she was, may she rest in peace, if she was alive today and she sees me the way I meditate, she probably would have fainted because she would have thought like I became a Buddhist or something like that because it was like, you're Orthodox, you go to church, you have the Bible, you read the Bible, that's all you yeah. do. Like, yeah, anyway, but it made me like, I don't know, I am sure that helped you also become more open-minded to other things that are specific. It did. Meditation being one of them, right? Absolutely. And, um, you know, what I learned really through teaching was that prayer is a form of meditation. You know, I think sometimes we use the word meditation and we think of like crystals and candles and we're in a field oming out somewhere. And it's really not that at all. And it really applies to the person and individualizing your meditation practice. And so for some people, that's prayer. And I think that's beautiful. So. Yes, I feel like being raised with two different religions really did open my horizon to there's something more than just Catholicism and there's just yeah. something more than Judaism. And so, yeah. you know, studying about Buddhism and stuff, it, it was fantastic. I, I could have like had a minor in theology. I never finished college, but I think I would have majored in like 20 things because I'm so fascinated. Yeah, I'm very much. I have a very much a squirrel mentality. I just want to learn everything, so I like com- commit and learn and to so many different, yeah, different avenues. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, me too. I didn't do college, but I am huge into leadership. I'm huge into spirituality, into personal growth, and things like that. But you don't need a college degree for you to become who you you're supposed to become. Right. You know, to find your purpose. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's that. And then, then, okay, 26, then what happened? You got married? I did get married. I had a child. I actually had a child before I was married. So I was in, um, I was actually in an abusive relationship and 
I left. Yay, I left. Um, and, but I got married, um, she was six months old when I got married at that time and, um, spent many years in my marriage. I was married for, so we dated for nine years and then we were married for another nine. So we were together for 18 years and that was a very, um, there was moments of it that were beautiful. And my ex-husband was an amazing man. There was nothing wrong with him on any level. And I had a lot of guilt and a lot of shame over not being happy. I had beautiful children. I had, you know, a husband and a, you know, we were living a nice life and I was just not happy. And Mm -hmm. I was doing all the things you are told to do. You know, I worked out, I was reading, I was meditating, I was doing a lot of personal growth and I was still very, very unhappy. And, um, it really wasn't until I, had an experience where I was part of the PTA, you know, with my children Mm -hmm. and I had dropped my kids off at school and came home. Luckily I work from home. So I came home and we got this mass, mass text message that went out that one of the mothers from our PTA had killed herself. She dropped her kids off at her school and she killed herself. And I sat on the edge of my bed that day. And I mean, I was so depressed at this point. So I was very unhappy to the point of being very depressed. And I thought, could that be me? Could I make that decision? I had kids, she had kids, you know, we think, oh, well, we would never do that. But people do. And I had lost somebody to suicide about 15 years prior to that, somebody very, very close to me. Mm -hmm. And I knew that depression was a very slippery slope. So it was that moment that changed my life. I picked up the phone. I called my therapist, started therapy again, started working with coaches. And that is why my message is you are one decision away from changing your whole life. Because I've seen this. Like you you make one decision and you might not be here. That one decision changed both of those people's lives. And my one decision really took me down a different path where I'm here today. So Mm -hmm. that is my big mission. And I'm very, a huge proponent of mental health and personal growth. Me too. Trust me. It's a subject close to my heart, close to home uh, for me too. So I don't think people really understand or appreciate the seriousness of mental health. I don't think so because I see a lot of people making fun of other kids or other people. If someone goes quiet, oh, what's wrong with her? Uh, Or what's wrong with him? If someone is like being out of character, going out of character, don't you think like, oh, something is that maybe I should be there for this person. Maybe I should just say hello and if they want to talk or something like that, they don't, a lot of people are just completely out of it. Anyway, uh, it just really upsets me, but um, you can only educate as much as you can. It's a choice they have to make, like to be understanding. So anyway, and then, and then that's when you decided you wanted to divorce, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes. So in that, I did decide to get divorced um, and start a new life and let go of the shame, lean into vulnerability. That's my other message. And really develop a life that I feel is very authentic. I am extremely happy. And I say that because I have learned how to navigate between being very happy and content um, and dealing with moments when I'm not. So when I say I'm extremely happy, it does not mean that I don't have days where I'm like, 
what am I doing? Like I have PTSD. I have, so I have days where like, I don't feel a hundred percent. And so what I've learned is tools to help me navigate when I'm in that. And that's why I say, I want to help you have tools so that when you have those days where you're just not feeling a hundred percent that you know how to navigate and what's going on and how to explore that. Mm -hmm. And that way you can kind of, you kind of get back and forth between being very content and being in something that you have to grow, right? Because we're human. So we're going to be growing all the time. Oh, yeah. We're going to, yeah, it's a learning. So when you feel like you wake up one day, you're asking yourself, like, what am I doing? And you're not in that best place. What is the thing that you do that immediately switches you back to the Michelle Oxton, the leader, the empire? That's a very good question. Um, Typically what I do, if I'm really feeling off, Mm -hmm. for me, I have, so I've done a lot of personal growth work. For me, I know that I try to break it down very simply first. Mm -hmm. And so I will use something that's called HALT. It stands, it's Mm H-A-L-T. And that stands for, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? Am I tired? So I kind of I gotta write that down. Wait, it's (laughs) not. Everybody write it down. I know. Um, eh? I actually keep this on my stove, you guys. I wish I could like take you to my stove right now because I keep this on my stove for my kids too because oftentimes we overcomplicate it. We Mm -hmm. think, oh, it's just some big thing and I need to find my life purpose and that's why I'm so down today. And sometimes it's really just that I'm hungry and I didn't, oh, I forgot to eat breakfast today and or I'm just, I'm angry something happened or I'm lonely and I need to reach out to a girlfriend and call and say, Hey, what's up? You know, or maybe I need to see my husband and get a hug or sometimes Mm -hmm. I just need a nap. Like sometimes I'm just tired. Yeah. Like for me, tired is my kryptonite. I, when I'm tired, I'm like, Oh, I just don't feel my best at all when I'm tired. Some people can push through. I'm not that person. When I'm tired, I'm like, Oh, time out. Yeah, same here. Like I take a nap, like but I use in like my headset and meditation. I like guided meditation. So, and then halfway through the meditation, I'm out for about an hour. Like completely, I fall asleep. Oh but, my gosh! That's... But yeah, that's that's a good way. So, what is the T for again? Hungry, tired, only tired, tired. That hungry, is angry. such a good. My goodness, that's what I'm gonna start asking myself going forward. Well, it's an easy one because sometimes yeah. it is just something very simple. And then like, if I, if that doesn't work, let's just say I realize it's one of those things that I still feel like I'm in a funk, then I meditate. So yeah. for me, meditation resets my, sort of my intention yeah. for what I'm doing. It mm-hmm. helps me stay grounded and focused and it helps me let go of anxiety. Yeah. So part of having PTSD is you get stuck in negative loops, negative thoughts, so it kind of cycles over and over again. And so that will break that for me. So it doesn't keep looping. Yeah. And then you talked about, I know, and then you talked about lonely. That like really something, I don't know if you go to Facebook, you will see what Scott Colby posted today that I shared on my page about loneliness. Sometimes, I haven't even been on Facebook yet. You're way ahead of me, Gabby. I know. I know. Every morning <laughs> I try to, because I have, and I'm, I'm in great groups. You know, we have the academy and we have, uh, there is you, there is Stephanie, there is, uh, and then I have other groups and uh, I get messenger like, you haven't been on my post. You haven't seen my posts a lot. So I get 10 minutes and then 10 minutes during the day and 10 minutes at night. 
because otherwise you cannot do any work if you're like only on social media. Yeah. So, oh my goodness. Yes. So, uh, so he talked about it, his message. You have to read it. It's really, so I have to share it because there are a lot of people. It doesn't matter how many family members you may have. You can still feel lonely. Oh, that yeah. is a huge, huge issue, even for youngsters, if you ask me. Oh, absolutely. And connection is huge. Connection is how we actually, I mean, we're humans and we are meant to run in packs. We, so we need connection. We need connection to validate ourselves. We need yeah. connection to give to other people. You know, part of that kindness and compassion is really about what you use that's just natural about yourself to give to someone else. I mean, yeah. that it's, it's really huge. And I yeah. do think loneliness is that it is a cycle of you feel lonely. So then you don't feel your best. So then you're depressed and then you feel like, well, I don't want to give this to anyone else. So I'm going to stay back. So you, you tend to self isolate more and more. And sometimes it is just as easy as a phone call or, you know, you go, if you don't have people, like sometimes who, people who have really isolated and feel like they have no one, then I'm like, go now that we're open, thank God, because mm -hmm. COVID really taught us about how much connection is so important to us Absolutely. as humans. Yeah. Now you can go back to, you know, a coffee shop or the library and just be in the energy of other people yes. um, can sometimes help. So yes, loneliness is huge. Yeah. I know. And yeah. then uh, I remember like years ago, I was sitting with a bunch of uh, friends. They're still my, my, my friends. We live in so many different countries, all of us now. But, and then I was sitting, we were having so much fun. We were has, having a good laugh and, and this yet deep down, I felt so lonely. Yeah. And then when I went home that night, I questioned myself, I have the best of friends. And I have a great job, great colleagues. Why am I feeling so lonely? I had no answer for that, but now I, I was going to say, what did you come up with? What was your reason? I have no idea. Well, I was single then to begin with. Uh, even when I was married, there are still, there were still times that I feel like that, especially if uh, you and your partner, you're not in the same, you don't run in the same frequency. You know, mm -hmm. you don't, you're mm -hmm. not like, um, and on the same page in like, when it comes to spirituality, I was into books. He was not, I was into spirituality. He was just his, you know, uh, yeah. uh the one way thing I was, um, so we were different. So that also made me feel lonely, I guess, uh, may he rest in peace. He passed away from cancer back into mm -hmm. when my son was eight, when he passed away from cancer, but. Yeah, but even then, like I always felt different. I don't know why I felt it, even, even as a child, like growing up, I felt different. Um, and I felt lonely, although I am so lucky when it comes to friends. I don't have sisters, so God has like really blessed me with friends, even now as we speak, would kick butt for me anytime. <laughs> Honestly, that's how lucky I am. But still yes. deep down, there is that lonely feeling. So you're right about that connection. At yes. least I, I can call one or two of them and let it out. But for me, it takes me several days for me to be able to call one of them to talk about it. I don't well, immediately so, open up. Yeah. 
of course I want to put on my coaching hat right now and like, coach you. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I have to pull back. There's been a few times where I'm like, oh, Gabby, let's explore that. Um, it is. It's really, I mean, I know for me in my previous marriage, it was one of the things that was the most debilitating is I felt so lonely and I couldn't understand because I was surrounded by my family. So my two kids and my husband and I couldn't, I could not understand why can I not, why am I not happy? Why do I feel so alone all the time? And, and what I found in working with people too, is that when we don't feel connected on a spiritual level to other people, and we don't feel connected to ourselves, we constantly feel lonely. And so usually it's an indication that something is going on in the inside where you're just not fulfilled on some level and like to pay attention to what is that? What's going on? Um, but it's so interesting that you said it, it takes you a couple of days to reach out to somebody. And I feel like, oh, that's, that's exactly sort of what we were talking about in the beginning, which is this sort of like stigma about mental health and feeling lonely. Like we don't just immediately go, I need to hang out with somebody. Either we're not aware or we're like scared to reach out and be like, hi, what are you doing? You know, I'm lonely today. I know. Oh, know I, oh, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> but even then, there are times I don't even talk about what's bothering me. I've always been like that, but now I am more open than I used to be. Um, so I am very compassionate with people who have issues and they're shy or like afraid to ask for help. But I've always like was the type who would be smiling all day long and then would wet their pillow at night with tears before they go to sleep. That was the old Gabby. I know I'm getting emotional, but now I have learned you and I both are like big fans of Dr. Wayne Dyer. May he rest in mm-hmm. peace. His legacy will live forever. So yes. from his teachings, from his books, from his videos, I have, by the way, DVDs that I purchased years ago. I watch it whenever I feel I need an uplift. That you, you don't have to wait for other people to make you happy. You know, you can, right. you have to work on yourself and be happy. So that's what I've learned. Like, you know, every time I feel down, I just go, I love babies. So I just go to YouTube and get a YouTube babies. It just uplifts me like, and no, seriously. I've, I've never thought of that. That's a great one. Anything like I, comedy, yeah. babies, toddlers, toddlers, they act up, you know, like, and, and children in general. I, am, I only have one son, but I am crazy about kids in general. So I just go and do something that would switch that feeling immediately. So this is, yeah. So you have to find that thing that would immediately uplift your spirits. I know I have found that through life, this is a very common theme where Mm -hmm. we all do this. Even myself is we have this, what I call representative who we present to the world and we're happy and we put on the smile and nobody really knows what's going on on the inside. And what we think is protecting us is mm-hmm. actually our prison. Yeah. So this representative is protecting us from, oh, they're not going to have to deal with my depression or they don't have to deal with my mood right now. And really that isolation becomes your prison where you yes. just live in this, this world that does not serve you anymore and learning how to step out into your own and really lean into whatever it is that's going on for you, shame, yeah. vulnerability, whatever it is, really lean into that and be like, this is who I am. This is what I'm dealing with. Oh my gosh. Just in that, there's so much power and 
like what you said, you learn how to be happy on your own without having anybody with you. And then it's just like when people are with you, it's the icing on the cake. Yeah, it does. It is. It is. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's talk about. Okay, you've okay, got all these certifications. About. Okay, so <laughs> I want to know about the Souls Assignment Club. Talk about that. What is that? Yeah, this is my weekly coaching group. These I, every time I talk about it, I feel like people think I'm bragging. These people are <laughs> so amazing. Mm-hmm. So I facilitate a group. Really, what's wonderful about a group is that mm-hmm. it's not just me. So I'm not mm-hmm. just teaching a class. I'm not just, you know, leading a webinar. Mm-hmm. This is a group of um, people. Most of them are empaths. You don't have to be an empath, though, to join the group. It's really mm-hmm. for people who are feeling called to do more in their life or have been questioning, like, is this it? Is this is this it right now? And how do we navigate through that? So we really use this whole formula that I use, which is called the Apple Project. And that stands for, we um, address all areas that are going on. We mm-hmm. find some peace around those things. We provide power. We work on self-love and then we execute a plan. So every four to five weeks, we're sort of working on new topics, bringing in things. We have an open forum where people come in and we do a little live coaching. Um, we have special guests who come in and talk sometimes. It's a really beautiful group because even though some people are going through very different things, we either all have been through those things Mm -hmm. or are kind of going through those at the same time. Mm -hmm. So people get to really help other people and then learn through other people. And it's just Mm -hmm. absolutely beautiful to watch. It's actually free right now in the month of May. It's actually free for everybody who wants to try it. I'm just kind of like opening it up. So is it on Facebook? It's a Facebook no, group? It no, is, um, it's on a Zoom class or a class. Okay. It's my class. It's a so group. there is a link where people could go in. Maybe you can, uh, I can share it. With, I yes, mean, if you yeah. go to my website, so uh-huh. cloud9, the number nine, cloud9, life Life coaching. Dot. Okay, yeah, I have that. That yes. I have it. So they can find it there. Okay. Yes, and yeah, there's because... a link there to join. Or if you have questions about it, you can meet with me and I can go over Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because, um, because I just, uh, the name of it just, um, caught my eye, caught my attention, the souls assignment club. Yes. I love it. I love it. So that is that. So, uh, so what do you do? Well, cloud nine life coaching, what kind of coaching do you, do you have like different levels or it's different levels. I like that, like different mm-hmm. levels. I haven't yeah. thought about it like that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say I do different levels, but I have two real main things I focus on, which is one is empaths because mm-hmm. I am an empath. And so I have the empath support group. The other thing I really do is shame and vulnerability. Mm-hmm. So I really work a lot with that. In fact, I'm starting a new group in June. That's going to be called begin again. And that is all dedicated to shame and vulnerability since these two things really showed up in my life. And I felt like having other people to really feel and go through things with really helped in my, I want to say recovery, but yeah. um, sort of personal growth and helping yeah. me realize I'm not alone, that there's other people who are experiencing shame and, and guilt over things. And how do we, how do we work through that? I mean, shame's a big one. So, you know, if you listen to Brene Brown or talk or read her books, you, you know, like, there's a lot going on there with shame. So I know. Um, that's the new thing I'm really, I'm leaning into is really yeah. working with that because what I have found is working with empaths and people who are really wanting to create 
transformation is that if you if you let go of shame and you really lean into vulnerability, this is how you find your worthiness. Mm-hmm. And when you find your worth, you create the most amazing transformations. Yes. So this is what I've learned through coaching. Like my own experience as a coach is just, it's almost like the secret formula. Mm-hmm. I feel like this plus this equals this. Yeah. So <laughs> Equals that, yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. le- letting go of shame plus leaning into vulnerability equals worthiness, which then creates transformation. So yeah. this is why I'm a transformation coach. Because I do believe I was 40 something when I got divorced and you know, a lot of people were like, can you not gonna... tell people that? Because I thought you were 28, 27. <laughs> I'm level 47. Okay. Yeah, I'm level 47. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Honestly, like you don't look that age at all. Anyway. Yeah. So that's that. And then the thing is that. So let me know if I am an empath. Okay. Number one, I am a big, I know I, my my looks don't everybody thinks i'm a snob when they meet me especially in new jobs and things like that yeah people before they get to know me oh my god look at her anyway um i don't know what's written in here but anyway so i'm a big softie i love kids i'm a crier you tell me a sad story i will cry you tell me a beautiful touching story i will cry um I fight for people who cannot speak or defend themselves. And I love senior people 70 and above and children. Those are my weaknesses when it comes to people because the rest, unless they are disabled or like they have an issue like the depression they can take. But I have this compassion towards people who are lonely, especially Mm -hmm. because I was a volunteer. I said this to someone the other day. I was volunteering to seniors to find out how many of them are lonely uh, to the extent that they only need to talk to somebody. They don't have someone to talk to. I mean, like it is so sad. So anyway, uh, those and anybody who hurts children is definitely (laughs) going to get it from me. (laughs) And uh, yeah, so and I can sense immediately like i could even like through the screen i could tell if someone is not in a good place right now right so Uh, have you taken the are you an empath quiz no okay so if anybody in here thinks that they might be an empath or are wondering if they're an empath take the Mm -hmm. are you an empath quiz because they did develop a quiz of like the top i think it's 26 the top 26 things that working with empaths i heard in their stories so i took the most common things and said okay let's see do you have these things so some of them would be like yes some of the things that you're saying definitely are an empath so there's a difference between being empathetic mm-hmm. and being an empath, empath yeah. so, so in all honesty only two percent of the population is actually an empath that's very very little and mm-hmm. people don't even know that no. but i say if you feel like if you relate to the quiz if you relate to what's happening in the empath support group i don't it doesn't matter if you are actually a diagnosed empath or not you're an empath you come in join the club join the community see what's going on in here because this is how you navigate this is how you not feel alone this is how you create a community this is how you actually grow as a person so some of the most common things for empaths are um, putting others' feelings before their own. Uh-huh. So, I've spent most of my life for others, so that's definitely so, me. 
Okay. So we can teeter on being codependent as well. Most yeah. empaths are codependents. I am a codependent. Um, another common one is they have a lot of triggers. So because they can feel the energy really mm -hmm. moving through, they have a, they can be triggered very easily. So empaths are actually born, like a science, the scientific definition is empaths are born with hypersensitive mirror neurons, which are the compassion neurons in your brain. So those compassion neurons literally are standing on end all the time. So this is why we feel so connected. So the difference really is between somebody who's empathetic and really feel like, oh, yeah. I, I feel like that, you know, I can feel that that would be horrible. I feel for that person. Whereas an empath actually feels, feels in their yeah. body. So it's like they're having a physical response to the pain or suffering of another. So okay. like if you were driving by a car accident, somebody who's very empathetic would feel like, oh my gosh, that car accident is horrible. Whereas an empath would really feel like that person's stuck in the car and they can't get out. So they would actually feel the physical responses of somebody else. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness gracious. Yeah, that is that. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, like uh, sometimes I, not anymore, but I used to do home visitations for like clutter <clears throat> clearing and feng shui. Yeah. And I would stand at the entrance, I would stand and feel immediately. I feel there is negative energy or not negative energy in the place immediately like i would have like all my hair would be standing up i would feel it like on my shoulders if there is like major either there is arguments in the home there is fights or there's bad energy like i would feel it yeah. and some places i go as soon as i stand i feel so happy and light i feel like there is love in this home at least all they need is just to do a little things that yeah another gift that i have is i'm a libra so okay yeah so Libras are very observant, right? So, and then if yes. I tell you to be careful, don't do something, you better not do it because something bad happens. Honestly, this <laughs> all my life, it's just yeah. like since I was young, if I don't want to go somewhere and my friends beg me and beg me and I say, no, I don't feel like it, something bad happens when they go, they come and tell me about it the next day. Another thing is, I have a thing that wakes me up at four o'clock every morning. Ooh. My very first book, the idea came to me, woke me up at 4 a.m. in the morning. When my mom, yeah, seriously. And then when my mom was dying, she was in a different mm -hmm. country that I was. It woke me up at 4 a.m. in the morning. Oh, Everything gosh. that happened, most of the things that I have done, it was at 4 a.m. waking up sweating with that thing in my mind. And my well, mom passed away three days later. And that's not uncommon. Most people wake up sometime between, uh, usually around 3.30. Three, so yeah. sometime between three and four. And, and Most four, people yeah. wake up for two reasons. One, this is when, to get out there, this is when spirits are most present is mm -hmm. at 3.30. It's why a lot of movies have, made the witching hour as 3 30. um and so spirits are more present during that time and the second the like medical thing is that your body is the weakest at three sometime between three and four so you usually wake up you're easily startled you can wake up from a dream you usually wake up sometime between three and four most people who pass in their sleep usually pass sometime between three and four yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Do you follow Sadhguru? 
No. Oh my goodness gracious. You have to, you have to go to YouTube, type his name. You have to listen to him. So he said, okay. people who wake up between three and five in one of his videos are, those are spiritual people. Mm -hmm. If they wake up between three and five and uh, he has you something see. about, uh, well, I was gonna say, you also have a hormonal shift between three and four. Oh, no. <laughs> so for those of us who are women who are watching, you have a hormonal shift between three and four. I think <laughs> I'm way past that right now, but yeah, it's a good point for all of those younger ones. Yeah, I am past that for now, but yeah, that's true. Um, the hot flashes and God knows what. Anyway, um, horrible. So that's that. But you need to you need to check out Sadhguru and listen to him because you're spiritual. So the things that he talks about, oh my goodness, um, I love him. And okay, so tell me who from the top spiritual leaders inspired you? I know Dr. Wayne Dyer, who else? Yes, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza, I okay. love him. He's like, some people love him and some people don't. I absolutely love him. I because love him too. I love him too, you? I have his, yeah. Uh, I he just gives a more scientific approach sometimes. And yes. I, I find that fascinating. Mm -hmm. I might've been a behavioral scientist at some point in another life. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I'm fascinated by how the brain works and why we do certain things. And I love what he tells me. It's just, have you read breaking the habits of being yourself? Not that one. Oh, no, I have the other this, one. Gabby. Um, this one, breaking the habits of being yourself. This is okay. what it looks I like. I think everybody. I have seen it, but I haven't bought it yet. It is so unbelievably, um, it, it talks about a lot about quantum physics. It took me a while oh, yeah. to read because I had to really process something and then sit, sit back. I'd read it and then I'd have to sit back to process it for a while and then I could jump back in. So I, those two men are my favorite. I love Brene Brown. She to me is so relatable and she's so incredibly intelligent but she makes her material in a way where everybody can understand it. And I love her. She's, she's beautiful. Um, of course, for myself personally, uh, my like guru was her name was Betty Bethards. And so I read, a, I have every single one of her books and she's more of a local person here in Northern California. Mm. Um, and I have all my books up here. Um, I love like spiritual leaders. Gosh, that's a good one. Cause I have so many books cause I'm, um, there's a really beautiful book if you're coming off of um, religious. I do feel like there's a religious undoing when you're becoming spiritual and you're undoing religion, and it's called Three Magic Words. I think I gave it to somebody because it's not up here mm -hmm. um, by U.S. Anderson, and it's really good about learning to shed the idea of what we think of as God and mm -hmm. what does that mean. So that's a huge book for me. So those are like my top, and I know they're not – they're not There's all a lot famous. More, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, Dr. And, uh, Joe Dispenza is famous. Well, yes, he is yeah. Dr. And Joe so, and uh, Rene Brown, Rene Brown. Yes. Those are my most popular ones um, that most people know about. So I love, I love Don Miguel Ruiz. I use him a lot. I've read the four agreements a few times. I yeah, go back me to too. That. And the fifth, like, did you get the fifth agreement? I haven't yet. Yeah, just, he wrote another, uh, it's called The Fifth Agreement. Oh my gosh, I have to read it. Because I love I just, him, yeah. I, I just reread um, The Four Agreements because, you know, you asked me earlier, what are some things that I do? So if I'm feeling out of sorts for a while, that's a book I go back to because yeah, it just same. reminds me, it's like a four-step system of how do you handle life? Oh, don't take that personally. Okay, 
<laughs> I won't. Don't assume. Okay, yeah. I can do. You like? It's a very simple, simple. Yeah, process. very yeah. simple. But it's it's absolutely a beautiful book. And he wrote the Fifth Agreement. And okay. actually, my dream was to go and attend one of his live. Um, I don't know seminars or something like that. I think he did in Mexico. Uh, a few that was my dream years ago but i don't think that's gonna happen now with all this whatever covid or whatever right. but it's not gonna happen but that was my dream to go out to yeah. like spend a week uh one of his week um uh seminars and you know meditations and teachings and all that so uh, that was my thing so i love that so that's good okay so if you have who is your ideal uh client or a student? My ideal client. Uh, my ideal client is really somebody who is ready to work, um, who believes in spirituality, so can kind of open their mind, even if they don't know how or they don't, they're not sure how to use it. They're very open um, to spirituality, really willing to do some hard work. Like I do a lot of inner child work with people. Okay. <laughs> we get in there, we work on things. And really wanting to make a, a big transformation in their life. You yeah. know, when you have that moment where you're really asking yourself, what, what, is this it? Is this, is this what I'm, I'm doing? Then yeah. that's when you would want to reach out to me. Absolutely. I oh. sat there for many days and thought, is this it? Is this all I'm going to do? And no, yes. it wasn't. Ta-da. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So do you have more females or more male, uh, Clients. I have more females, although I do have male clients as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. And this really goes back to the very beginning of this, which is mental health. And I am very passionate about men and mental health because the people I have lost um, to suicide have been men. And mm -hmm. I feel like in society, it is much easier for women to talk about their feelings. We're not ridiculed from a very young age. We are taught to cry and express how we feel, whereas you know, young boys are told to, you know, it's okay, toughen up, shake it off, you know, really stuff their emotions. And so men are like, I think it's 82, 82% more likely to kill themselves than women. So it is huge for men to talk. So anytime yeah. a male coach wants to talk or come in, I'm like, oh, please, please spread the word because yeah. yes, I, I do believe reaching out is huge. So Going with that, I have a few male clients. I have a nice. few males in my group, and I have a few male clients. So I do work with both men and women. I just tend to have more women because women talk more about their feelings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> especially for a female. Yeah, uh, female yeah. to female thing. That is so true. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm going to be posting your bio and all your social media links and your website you. on the podcast and on YouTube. Thank you. And uh, I have off the subject questions that I always ask people. Okay, let's go. I guess, okay, so the first one is, if you had to visit three countries before you die, three countries, not continents, not cities, three countries before you die, what countries would they be? That's a great question because I haven't traveled a lot. So my list is probably very broad. I'd have to narrow it to three. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would love to visit Europe because I've never been to Europe. So okay. I which would country? Love... Yeah, which country in Europe though? I know I have to think. So I was like, I had to narrow it down. It's like Europe. I would go like Italy. I would want to do a lot, like mm -hmm. Italy, 
I'd want to do the big ones like Italy, Paris, but I would want to do some other so things Italy, too. France, you only have one yes. more. <laughs> I, only have France. I only have one more. Okay. Um, well, then we have to get out of Europe and let's go to, um, let's go, so, let's go somewhere more warm because I love the ocean. So I have to be somewhere warm and by the ocean. So let's go somewhere more south now i've got to think i've been to jamaica which was so fantastic um where else would i go that i have like i haven't been um maybe i would go to somewhere like where's belize i'm not good with geography this is not no, my no, i don't know what okay the, let's yeah, just say belize because that's okay, warm belize. and tropical i could go yeah, you can yeah go i've there. never been so that's it let's but, go yeah you're right yeah, okay, my God. Okay, so you have France, you have Italy. Um, you need like more than a week to go to those uh, oh, countries, yeah. like to go to those cities. So, yeah, that means I need to take more vacations. Yeah, I like this absolutely. plan. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that. So, another thing is the next question would be if there is one dream that you always had, one dream that you want to fulfill before you die one dream what would it be yeah one dream before i die wow that's a good one because i'm really doing that now like i wanted to major in psychology i have gone i probably went back to college six times i went back so many times to finish my psychology degree because i wanted to be a therapist and i so being a coach was definitely one of my dreams um, one dream before I die. That is a big question, Gabby, because I can only pick one. Can it be anything? Yeah, can, <laughs> can I simplify it for something? Can I can I yeah, simplify it and tell you mine? Yeah, tell me yours. So mine is I've always wanted to be an accomplished pianist. So for me to become an accomplished pianist, to be able to play every song that I love on the piano would be my dream before I die. So I love piano. That's that, it. See, I was thinking like global level. I was like, could I cure something? Um, I played the piano. I wanted to play the drums when I was little, but my mom made me play the piano. And so I don't share that passion with you because I'm like, oh, piano. I have a love-hate <laughs> relationship with the piano. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. But then I'm like, oh, I had to play the piano. You know, that would be fun. What if I could, it would be so cool to learn the drums and then play in a rock band like one night, like a one night concert. That oh would be so goodness. fun if so I could cool. do that. That would be so fun. My daughter, my youngest daughter and I picked up the ukulele what, during COVID. We were trying different things. And so we were learning to play the ukulele. Mm -hmm. I think everybody hated us because oh. we were like all the time just, you know, yeah. you have to learn chords. So you do yeah. the same sound over and over. And my yeah. family was like, are you guys done yet? You guys done practicing? Cause, oh, yeah. Or could you play another song? Because we're yeah. just tired of that sound in the house. Yeah. So maybe one day. But, yeah, bad drum. Yeah. You know Queen Latifah, right? The actress, yes. singer. She, she said her stress reliever was drumming. And yeah, and then she had a video for her drumming after she had a very busy long day, which was very stressful. She says she just goes in into her drums she would drum and she is amazing she said this is the number one stress reliever for me so it is anything to do with music any kind of music anyway is good 
I do love music. I'm a huge, I love music. Yes. Oh, I love music. Same here. I can't wait to go to a concert again. I cannot wait to hear live music. I know. I don't know how long that is going to be. We need to pray. We need to pray and and picture this stupid COVID is gone and life is normal where we can go attend concerts, where we could go meet our friends at a nice restaurant, where we could go to the movie theaters and to the library, sit down when we don't feel like talking or this, sit down at the library. That's one thing I miss by the way. Sit down and read or do some work or some writing. Uh, Let's just meditate for that as as a group. Maybe you should do a group meditation thing. I think- I have thought about that. Yeah. Oh, I just thought of them. Can I have two at the end? Can I write a book too? I would like to write a book. If I could write a book by the time I die, I would love that. Oh my God! Because cool. why, why do you, that, that is not like you can do that like by end of June. You can do it. <laughs> I love that. I don't have time right now, but that is yes. definitely a goal. I've always wanted to be a writer. I was writer of my class my junior year in high school. I love writing. So okay, listen. Be- Jack Canfield. Jack Canfield said in in one of the programs he did with uh, Dr. Michael Beckwith and Bob Proctor called the Science of Getting Rich. He said, if you write one page a day, just one page a day, by the end of the year, you have 365 pages. And nobody, nobody has time to read 365 pages. Like my latest book is 121 pages. If I see a book this thick, I just get put off immediately because I, it has to be beneficial, small, 120, 130, 150 maximum pages. Hey, you've got an editor and a formatter here, right here. <laughs> I'll know who to call. Yeah, when exactly. I'm ready. Yeah, but one page a day. Make it a goal and I uh, have to, yeah. I have to pick a topic. That's my I'm I'm not sure yet. You I'm, have this bio and then you don't know what topic to okay, you and I need to talk offline. <laughs> okay. okay. Offline. So any last (laughs) word before we close? Really, honestly, just sort of what we've talked about, which is that you, you know, I want everyone to really know you are one decision away from changing your whole life. So, you know, really think about that when you're feeling super down or maybe you're really happy. And what's the, what's the next step you're going to take? Like it is one, just one decision. So let go of shame, lean into vulnerability and find your work. Oh my God, that's beautiful. I was so blessed having you on my podcast and I would love to have you again sometime soon, especially when you have published your book uh, very soon. And uh, yeah, so everybody, I will be posting uh, Michelle's uh, bio and all her social media and uh, her website link on the on Podbean as well as on YouTube. Get in touch with her. She is incredible. And uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening and wishing you grace, peace, and balance. God bless. Take care. Oh, uh, that's not what I'm supposed to do. <laughs>